You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. We're going to talk some running backs today, fellas. Before we do that, let's bring in both of my esteemed colleagues. Matt, Ryan, how's the off-season treating you? It's good, man. Uh, a lot of busy commission stuff going on, getting leagues set up. But MFL just rolled over to 2020, so getting all those leagues set up and everything, and uh, ready to ready to roll, ready for the combine. Ryan, I know you already have a startup going this week, so that's exciting. Yeah, it is. I've got a startup draft, and like like Matt said, some commission responsibilities. Uh, also, when MFL rolled over this past week, I started uh, let's see, 22 mock drafts. Uh, rookie, super flex rookie, and our typical monthly, uh, monthly ADP mocks. So that was, that was a pretty crazy couple days getting everybody lined up for that, but that's given us some rookie ADP, uh, both one quarterback and super flex, which is a great thing. Really great data that all our listeners can find over at dynastyleaguefootball.com. So let's get into what we want to talk about today, guys. And, and last week, we, we talked about the quarterbacks. We did the tiers. We tried to come up with some consensus tiers, and I think it went over relatively well. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about running backs, do the same thing. But before we get to that, we should talk a little bit once again about our DLF Listener League. We have some openings. There's going to be a dispersal auction. And for more on how to get one of those three spots that are available, Matt, talk to everybody. Yeah, if you guys are going to pick up an Orphan this year anyway, you might as well do it at safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans. Our buddy Scott Fish runs that, so you know you're getting a good commission service there. When you claim that Orphan team, use the code DYNASTY. You'll get a little kickback uh, at some point, and you'll get a chance to compete against all three of us in that listener league. Right now, uh, uh, when, when you do that, make sure you, you contact us on Twitter or, or through email. I'm sure that's fine, too. Um, but let us know who you are and uh, we'll get you in that drawing right now. We have, we have a bunch of, of people that have actually signed up using the code, but only three of them have reached out so far. We have at Flynn Ashley four at real C Welch, and we don't have this guy's real name, but we have at Yanks and so at Yanks and reach out to us again. I think Dan maybe sent you a message and, and let us know your real name so we can confirm that. But if nobody else uh, uh, reaches out to us, then you three get our, our three listener spots. So congrats on that so far. Yeah, and we got a little bit of time left. So if you're going to put, like Matt said, if you're going to pick up one of them orphans somewhere, might as well do it for a good service with a with a really high quality commish. Just type in the code Dynasty, and and you might get into another league and get to compete with Matt, Ryan, and myself. So let's get to these tiers, guys. Uh, really, a lot of players to talk about, and we're going to start at the top as we always do at tier one. I think we could probably make this a relatively quick conversation for this first tier. We all prepped this week by typing out our tiers and comparing them against one another, and they all went exactly the same. Christian McCaffrey, followed by Saquon Barkley, tier break. That's it. Let's talk about it briefly, though, guys. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. You're the you're our resident CMC fan. You've been on board that bandwagon since he was coming out of college. He's number one. How how close is Saquon to to Christian McCaffrey? You know, I, I did consider putting a, a little mini tier break here between the two, but I, I think it's close enough. You know, I think CMC has a little bit more receiving upside, but he's also a year older. So I think we're really splitting the, the, the tiniest of hairs here. Uh, I think out of these two, you just take your personal preference if you're sitting there at your top pick. And if you have the, have the second overall pick, you're probably not that sad to get whoever falls to you. So uh, I don't really think it's uh, there's there's anything here in terms of a trade. Like if someone's willing to offer pretty much anything on top, a late third round pick, uh, I'm happy to make that swap at this point. I do prefer McCaffrey if, if I have to take one straight up. But, you know, give me a little bit on top of Barkley and I'm happy to move him for that. Ryan, if you're polling a thousand dynasty owners and you're asking who's going to end 2020 as the running back one, almost every response is going to be one of these two guys. That's probably the reason why, why, like Matt said, we're splitting hairs here. They're, they're so good. And they're, they're all guys we want to build our team around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think what's really interesting for me, our, our conversation that we had last week about the quarterback and the value of Deshaun Watson compared to the top two, 
actually had an impact on me. I went into my running back rankings and my top tier previously was these two players, McCaffrey and Barkley, along with, uh, along with some others that we'll talk about in a moment. And I actually changed that. I kind of carried that, that conversation over thinking I would not take or wouldn't even consider taking any of these others over Barkley or McCaffrey. So created that second tier. Um, and, and that, that really changed my rankings quite a bit. Yeah, and, and really it should. And and as we mentioned last week when we talked about the quarterbacks, what 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 this exercise really gets you thinking about are those trades and if you were in that startup and, and all those kinds of questions, would I take a would I move down in this tier if it got me that third round pick or if it got me a second round pick? And that that's where this can be useful, especially in the off season when you're thinking about making those decisions. So so we're in agreement. It's CMC and Barkley at the top. We're going to move on to tier two. And this is where if you listen to last week's episode, we talked a little bit about having a bunch of small tiers and we were kind of leery of doing that. We're going to get into that conversation just a little bit here as well with the running backs is it seems like we all settled on three to four players in in all these tiers between two and four. So let's talk through this just a little bit. First, Matt, we're talking about this tier two after C-Mac and Saquon. Who's the closest to jumping into tier one? Who Who's the guy that you think is most likely to make that leap in 2020? It, it's really hard to say. I think I would need, you know, probably in the late first range, early second, if I'm feeling, you know, re- really generous to move uh, like in terms of a trade situation to move one of these guys uh, for uh, or to, to acquire one of these guys for one of those top two. Um, in terms of your question, though, I think it's Kamara because at this time last year, I think he was right there at the top of the, at the top of the running back ranks. Dalvin Cook, I still have a little bit. You know, he, there's always that injury question with them. I know all running backs get injured, but we we have a long list of, of injuries for Dalvin Cook there. And uh, no matter what it is, it just seems like he's the one who's going to be most likely to do that. And Zeke, he has such a heavy workload, but you have Tony Pollard there. He didn't get really much use last season while Zeke was healthy, but you know he's always a threat to take away some some receivers work and, and that's really what separates these these top five back or so these top four backs other than Zeke is that that threat behind him of someone that's going to take some receiving game work so if I had to pick one that has a chance to move up it would be one that's already been there and that's Alvin Kamara yeah I think we're all in agreement there we we all list Kamara really high in our rankings personally I, I have Zeke slightly over Kamara it's probably because of the the big season from Elliott while Kamara took that step back and had that injury. They're they're obvious guys in the same tier. In fact, all three of us have Kamara and Elliott in there. Uh, Ryan, first of all, I have two questions for you. Who's the closest to jump into that top tier? And then secondly, how close are these these rookies that we're about to start talking so much about to be in one of them tier two? Or are, are we talking more about tier three and tier four type players? So I, I actually have... Kamara as my RB3. Um, so it, it would seem that I would agree with Matt on, on that first question that he might be the closest. But actually, I, I think it might be Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's coming off that big season. His value is is trending in the right direction, obviously. Uh, he was not, uh, certainly not a Tier 1 running back last year, not even a, a Tier 2 running back as there were some questions about his health and uh, and and the status of uh, the Vikings offense as they made a bunch of changes. All of those things went, uh, went in Dalvin cooks uh, in his favor. And now he's in that tier with Kamara with Elliot. So I think if we see another year similar to his 2019, where he stays healthy, puts up big stats, I could see him being the one to leap into that tier one status. And then as far as the rookies, we we've heard a lot about this rookie class. There's there's three top rookie running backs coming in. I don't think I'm not ready to put any of them in tier two. Uh, I'm not taking any of them over uh, Elliot or Cook or Kamara. But I I think back to a poll I ran on Twitter just uh, a, a few weeks ago asking who are the running backs that you would that you would acquire if you're giving up the 101 rookie pick. And of course, McCaffrey and Barkley were basically on every list, but Kamara was not on every list and neither was Dalvin Cook and neither was Ezekiel Elliott. In fact, for a lot of people, it was just those two. 
giving me the impression that, that they are valuing that 101 rookie pick, maybe a specific rookie running back, or maybe just the, the ability to choose which rookie they want. But they, they were valuing that pick very highly and, and maybe even as high as Kamara, as high as Zeke. Uh, so I, I think the answer for some people would be, yeah, it's DeAndre Swift might be in the second tier or Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins. Uh, they're not for me. Not not yet. Yeah, not yet, probably. And we got we're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit as we still have the combine to go through. We need to learn these landing spots as well. Matt, anything to add on those rookies, that conversation, where they fall for you in these tiers? No, I, I really value players that we already know are good in the NFL and already know landing spot. And that could change if they end up in the perfect situation. But uh, right now, I have the rookies uh, pretty pretty farther down the list compared to these. At least at least two tiers down from where we are right now, and probably three more likely if I'm if I'm being honest with myself. All right, we prefer that you always be honest with yourself <laughs> and us, Matt. Uh, so we except for in leagues that we're in together. <laughs> right. Uh, I have I we have Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott firmly in tier two. I was the only one that that held back a little bit with Dalvin cook for the record. I do have him as the top guy in tier three. The, the question marks for me are, are probably that the existence of Alexander Madison, how good he looked, the health of Dalvin cook. Yes. He stayed healthy for a majority of the 2019 season, but that injury history still lingers in the back of my mind. When I think about cook and his long-term upside, Ryan, you regularly talk about these running backs and and how beyond that first contract, when we start talking about year four, five, and six, and beyond that, there's a lot of risk with these guys. That wear and tear that's on their bodies creates a little bit of hesitation for dynasty owners, as it should. So while we're not quite to that point with Delvin Cook, there is already talks of when that contract extension is going to be uh, agreed to, if if he belongs in Minnesota in the long term. Uh, all those kind of things make give me a little bit of pause when considering Cook, because both of you have Delvin Cook in tier two. We'll place him in there uh, as we move forward here. Let's talk about Tier 3, though. Ryan, let's start with you on this one, because after you get through McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Elliott, and Cook, you start getting into players, in, in my mind, that are just like Dalvin Cook, that aren't that far away from Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara. I I paused here. I, I thought twice about making it a bigger tier, maybe a five players rather than just two or three. What are your thoughts on this next group of players following up Kamara, Cook, and Elliott? Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I, I considered, well, I already mentioned that I had moved Kamara and Elliott uh, and even Dalvin Cook out of my initial top tier. So so I had a top tier of five, broke that in, down to a tier of two, a tier of three. But I did consider including a couple of these players, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon, uh, in that second tier and making a larger tier, as you mentioned. So... Uh, I, I was right there with you. Uh, all three of us have those two players in the in the third tier. Dan, you already talked about having Dalvin Cook. I also have Miles Sanders. I'm the only one who who has him. But it seems like we agree, at least on Chubb and Mixon. And I'm with you. They're they're not far from being tier two running backs. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think you could put them there. I just, I don't know. There's, I think there's a little bit of separation between those two guys. You know, with Mixon, you have the, the questionable offense, although that should get a lot better with Joe Burrow and, uh, you know, Jonah Williams getting healthy and the offensive line hopefully improving. Uh, and, and Nick Chubb, it, it, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Kareem Hunt. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but he still sort of has him taking away some of that PPR value, but he's certainly one of the best backs in the league, changing a coaching staff. So it just seems to be a little bit more question marks with these two than than that tier two but I, I mean I wouldn't have any qualms if anybody put those two right with them uh, I think there's a much larger separation between our tier three and tier four uh, than there is between our two and three yeah so we talked a lot last week and maybe even touched on it a little bit earlier in this conversation as well when you're talking about trades and moving around within a tier the fall from Alvin Kamara who we all agreed is is near the top of this tier and, and then maybe down to either Chubb or Mixon at the bottom of tier three 
isn't all that far. It wouldn't take all that much to to fill that gap, at least for me. I've spoken highly of Joe Mixon many times, at least how he plays on the field and, and his skill level. He feels like one of the most talented running backs in the league. So saying that and having him two tiers below either elite players seems counterproductive to me. It seems like a mistake. That's why I lean towards having the tier, these two tiers, tiers two and three together. I think we're probably splitting hairs though, as Matt mentioned earlier, uh, to use his, his term, I guess, uh, more than anything, because we, we all separated and put that line between these guys in tier two and tier three. Let's just leave it that way. We'll leave Chubb and Mix in there. Ryan, I know you spoke highly of Sanders. You had Sanders in this tier as well. Matt and I both have him as the next guy, the top guy in tier four. Can you make a case for him to, for us to, to bump him up? Well, I was just, I mean, obviously really impressed with his, his rookie season. Um, and and I feel like he's he's has that job safely locked in. Uh, that that offense definitely needs some help, but mostly at the wide receiver position. For me, it really comes down to looking at the names in tier four, and I, I would just always prefer Sanders to those guys. So that's that's the bottom line for me. Maybe that almost means Sanders is in a tier of his own, but we don't really want to get into that. So that was kind of the differentiation for me. Yeah, and that's a differentiation for me as well. The only pause I get is I see Josh Jacobs' name in there, and forever these two will be linked because they were the top two backs out of out of that rookie class. So us as dynasty owners, kind of their their names coincide; they go together a little bit like puzzle pieces. So and they seem like they should be side by side. I agree with you. I'd much rather have Miles Sanders than Josh Jacobs. I don't think that exists. Uh, that's not a blanket statement across all dynasty owners, however. So there, are, in fact, I I would say that that would be a fun poll to do. And <laughs> knowing all the polls you do, Ryan, you've probably already done it this off season. Who do you prefer, Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs? It could be really split. It's a really fun conversation. But because there are so many dynasty owners on each side of that fence, it feels like they belong in the same tier. So that's why I bumped him down. Anything to add there, Matt? Yeah, I just. We have this history of Philadelphia, you know, using multiple backs, whether it was Jordan Howard earlier in the year, uh, you know, going back to Brian Westbrook. You know, I know this is all way different coaching staffs, but this team in general, it just seems to have this propensity for using multiple backs. We saw them bring in Boston Scott, you know, who is a similar player to to Miles Sander, not not as, as large, but, you know, similar qualities in terms of being able to catch the ball and, and a fast, shifty player. Um, so I just... I don't know. There's just a little bit of separation there between Mixon and Chubb for me. Uh, but, you know, again, I think this one, I, I, I would be okay, honestly, moving him up to that tier three more so than the other two guys in this tier. I think he is a little bit of a cut above Jacobs and Jones um, for, for different reasons. But uh, I, I think he's, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm okay moving up to tier three if we wanted to, but he falls into this area more for me uh, just, just for those reasons. I just don't think that Philadelphia really wants him to be the only back in town. And I know we're, we're, uh, we're we're in a league now where pretty much every team with without exception of a handful are are, are multi back run, running back by committee teams um but i think that Mixon and Chubb they offer offer a little bit more of that i know we have, like I, we just talked about or i just talked about Kareem Hunt there kind of behind Nick Chubb but i think he's a for some reason maybe it's maybe it's totally anecdotal and it's just a feeling but i just feel like that's a little bit less of a threat than Philadelphia coming out and running multiple backs with Sanders certainly being the lead back but but somebody there taking a little bit away from him so that's that's really the only reason there's I know it's not concrete or anything just a feeling but I I feel a little more comfortable in tier four but if I wouldn't argue moving into tier three yeah I feel I feel more comfortable as well in tier four certainly at the top of tier four so that's where he's gonna land let's start there in tier four with Miles Sanders I think we've covered him uh thoroughly let's talk a little bit about the other guys we there were there were two other guys that all three fell in at least tier uh, tier four, and that's Sanders, Jacobs, and then Aaron Jones as well. Uh, all have youth on their side. Aaron Jones maybe a little older than the other two uh, entering their second season. Ryan, you had two other names in this tier as well, Henry and Fournette. Let's talk about this group. Uh, it seems like Sanders, Jacobs, and Jones all belong. Why should we add Fournette and Henry? 
Well, of course, both really coming off career years. Um, and I mean, to, to put it simply, I don't expect anything to change next year. Uh, of course, Derrick Henry is a free agent. So some, some question about uh, maybe if he'll be back in Tennessee, but I, I think in the end he will be. I think they're going to run a similar offense and, and game plan to what they did this year, which is basically give him the ball as many times as he can handle in a game. And those two players are, are a couple of guys that, that fantasy players seem to dislike. Uh, maybe it's because of their uh, lack of involvement in the past game, although that changed for Leonard Fournette this past season. Uh, maybe it's, you know, Fournette's had injury issues. I, I don't know. I don't know. But those, those two seem to be kind of, kind of hated by a lot of dynasty players. Um, I, I, I can see that they would be valued below at least the sophomore back Sanders and Jacobs. So uh, again, maybe they, maybe they don't belong in the tier. It's, it's tough once you get down this deep. I mean, we're, we're nearing the end of that RB one range and, we talked about the rookies earlier. Once we had these three or four top rookie running backs, depending on how you value those guys, it, it's going to be even messier. Yeah, it's beginning to get a little bit messy, and we're starting to see a little bit different tier breaks, Matt. Uh, yours and mine, however, mirrored each other. We we had Sanders and, and Jacobs and Jones here. You have any feeling that we should add Henry or Fournette, or you feel pretty confident in that group of three? I feel confident in the group of three. For me, there's there's a clear separation here. I, for Henry, I have, I mean, I, I will admit that I have a personal bias against Henry. I didn't like him coming out, and I certainly didn't see his 2019 season coming. But I still think we have question marks there. Uh, you know, in the receiving game, only 18 receptions last year, and I don't really see him ever being a guy that's going to get you know, maybe he gets to 20. I don't know. But I don't ever think he's going to be a 30-plus reception guy. And that's what I think it takes to get into that tier with Sanders, Jacobs, and Jones. I know Jacobs has a has a little bit of his receiving issues, too, especially since the, the Raiders just resigned uh, Jalen Richard there. That was kind of a dream that he was going to go away and Jacobs would get to see more in the receiving game there. So I guess I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not really that fair to, to, to Henry there. But also I think we have to consider this ridiculous workload he had, you know, close to 400 touches when you count the playoff games uh, and in his regular season and I, I don't know I just don't see him doing that again and without that receiving volume behind him uh, it, it seems like he has a he has he has more of a chance than any of these guys to, to drop down a couple of tiers if, that gonna, if, that, if that's going to happen to any of them so uh, for me I feel much more comfortable with him down a tier below uh, Sanders Jacobs and Jones and f- yeah, me as well. And it, it sounded like Ryan was okay with that. I, you know, Henry's a guy I really like having on my teams. He's a, he's an excellent RB two, and I have him there in in many places because of that workload, because of the lack of catching. It feels like he does belong in tier five. Fournette, the same type of thing. I I, I realized that it was a hundred target season despite missing a game, and and he caught seventy six passes, and that all counts for fantasy owners. Players that had Fournette in their lineup every week were loving the the twenty plus point games that he was posting, and and that that certainly feels like a player that you should have near that top twelve or certainly in that top fifteen. But when you consider him against Sanders and, and Jacobs and even Aaron Jones, who had who had a good workload as a pass catcher as well, it just feels like because of the age difference, because of the offensive question marks, and then Fournette in general. There's just so many small nitpicky negatives surrounding him. Uh, I know he doesn't have an, another running back there that's taking away some of the workload, and and I realize that he started catching passes, and and I know that that offense they're they're trying to get better and and become more consistent and a little more well rounded, but. Until they do, and until he does, it just doesn't feel like he belongs in that tier. So let's recap where we're at to this point. First of all, that top tier, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, pretty much speaks for itself. I think most Dynasty owners would agree that it's a small tier, but it's it's worthy of having a tier break right there. After that, tier two, Elvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Delvin Cook. Small tier three, that's Nick Chubb. And Joe Mixon. And our fourth tier consists of just three players as well. Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Aaron Jones. Before we get to tier five, I want to talk to you about our friends at www.dynastyowner.com. Do you guys think you're the you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? 
Well, now's your chance to prove it. If you're listening to this program, you're probably already a Dynasty owner, but maybe you haven't heard of DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner is not your typical fantasy sports game. It's for smart, elite fantasy football players. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts and salaries. Instead, they use the actual NFL players' contracts and salaries. You manage your team from all levels, owner, general manager, and coach. There is no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, every contract matters. Dynasty Owner just finished their beta season in 2019 and are now working on a mobile app for iOS and Android, and it'll be ready for rookie drafts in May. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Join the big leagues of fantasy football and sign up for the waiting list at www.dynastyowner.com. Let's talk about Tier 5, guys. We're going to start with Fournette and Derrick Henry. Matt, who else belongs in this tier? Yeah, this is a, a, a pretty large tier for me. I think this is where things really open up. We start to see much more question marks uh, you know, on a bunch of different levels for these guys. Derrick Henry and Leonard Fort we talked about already. I also have Melvin Gordon in this tier. You know, Is he going to go back to the Chargers? Is he not? How much does he have left? I think he played reasonably well last season, um, but enough question marks with him to, to bump him down a tier from where he's been in the past. Austin Eckler, I love I love him as a buy right now. Um, I think you can get him for a late first, and uh, you know he's certainly going to be back with the Chargers. I know the quarterback situation is a bit of a question mark, but he's shown enough to me to to be a top fifteen ish guy uh, in, in terms of fantasy. Todd Gurley, you know he has fallen far uh, down the ranks. He used to be in that top tier, not quite last year, but you know certainly seasons before that. Um, and then I, I also have carry on Johnson, Marlon Mack and David Montgomery in this tier. So it's a very big tier for me. The guy I really want to talk about. And if, if you'll indulge me for just a minute is Marlon Mack. Uh, I don't, it seems to be a thing on Twitter right now and uh, amongst dynasty people and amongst, I think, uh, you know, NFL draft Nick people that are doing real NFL draft mocks right now that everybody wants the Colts to take a running back. And I just don't see any evidence of them actually wanting to do that, especially now that there's been talk that they wanted that they're considering trying to sign him to a long-term deal. You know, they have, they have Mac who has been a proven producer for them and they have two good running backs behind them and and Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins who have both played well for them. So I personally just don't see them really investing a lot of draft capital in the running back position this year. And that to me says that, you know, Mac's kind of their guy and yes, he has his health concerns, but that's a good team. It's a good organization. They have an innovative coach. So uh, I, I think Marlon Mack is not necessarily getting the respect that he deserves. And uh, so that's why he's in this tier for me. Certainly some question marks based on how other people feel and the fact that he is, you know, technically not signed long term yet. But for me, he's right in this next tier along with these other guys that we've been talking about. Yeah, I'm just at this point, I'm just going back to Fournette and Henry on on this. And Matt, you already talked about some of the questions that a lot of these players have. Uh, whether it's injury or age or or uh, the the status on their own team, and, and Fournette and Henry just don't have those questions at this point. Uh, at least they don't have them all. Uh, they they feel a lot safer, and and we saw them produce this year. Uh, I feel like either we need to move those two guys up into that previous tier or they belong in their own tier. I, I was just going to yeah. say maybe they belong in their own tier is, is what, what my solution was. I, I have no problem with that. They seem to be right in between these guys with more questions than they do, but not quite with those guys just above them. So I'm I'm totally fine with that. It feels to me if, if we're going to move Fournette and Henry, they would have to bump up to that tier above to me to create a, create their own tier – and I completely agree. I, the problem I have is when I when I look at Fournette and Henry, I feel like they're so much col- closer to those other three guys, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Todd Gurley, than I do th- the tier above them with Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Aaron Jones. And maybe it's just an age bias, and I, I see the youth with that tier four group of Sanders, Jacobs, and Jones. And then I look at those those veterans in the other tier, uh, Gordon, Eckler, Gurley, and then Fournette and Henry – Maybe that's what I see that makes him fit. That that seems like the puzzle, the, the way that that gets put together. Maybe maybe I am age biased that way. And when you start to talk about those extra names, including Marlon Mack, Matt, it 
it feels like there's a tier break below that. So, and maybe they fit into some of the other players that we're about to, that we're about to talk about. Now we, we all had Gordon Eckler and Gurley in tier five, as we talked about Ryan, you had Fournette and Henry in the tier above Matt, you had Matt, you and I had him in this one to come to consensus. We're, maybe maybe creating their own tier is the way to go that seems a little messy and seems seems like we're trying to split hairs a little bit too much to me uh it feels to me that they belong with these other three names gordon eckler and Gurley. i'm okay with that sure (laughs) (laughs) i I really do like i mean why why are you so biased against having them in their own tier between these two because it to me it just feels like they don't really fit in either kind of like ryan said Okay, so if we give Fournette and Henry their own tier, then Gordon Eckler and Gurley, we need to talk through who belongs in that tier with them. So let's, maybe if we get through that, we can make a decision on, on Henry and Gordon, or Henry and Fournette, sorry. I, I, I still think they're a little bit below them, I guess. Uh, they're not quite there. So, so Gordon Eckler and Gurley are their own tier as well? Or are we including more i'm fine well i don't looking at your you guys have a little bit different uh guys in this tier um but i'm fine keeping them in the same spot as carry on mac and montgomery but so we have to talk about your other guys i guess with ryan has hunt drake uh, hunt and drake in there and you have just hunt in there so i guess those we need to add those guys to the conversation i think they're right there with those guys uh but maybe you guys feel differently yeah i just think i mean I guess it's pretty obvious, but the deeper we get, the the, the tougher this is going to be to come to a consensus. And, and now looking at these names that we each have in Tier 5, Tier 6, some of the players we've talked about already, some of the ones that we will get to soon, you could almost just throw them all together in, in one huge tier. Um, and, and that tier is basically players we don't trust as starting fantasy backs. And... Um, they're they're going to give us some starts uh, and, and potentially even more. I mean, you've got guys like David Montgomery who could certainly turn it around. Uh, Kareem Hunt could land in, in a perfect spot. But as of right now, they just have too many questions to really trust them as dynasty RB1s. And that's why it felt to me like there was a tear break after we got beyond Gordon, Eckler, and Gurley who feel relatively safe. And maybe even I included Hunt as well. I know you did as well, Ryan. You also put Kenyon Drake in there. Probably, I'm just reading the tea leaves because you expect him back in Arizona because of his strong showing in 2019. I do as well. I still had him a tier below, but I don't have a problem with that. After that group, we we get into some of those names and and we we have to talk about the Devin Singletary's and the and Carryon Johnson you mentioned. Philip Lindsay gets come his name comes up. Uh, Chris. Carson and James Conner, all of these names. If we if we agree to put Fournette and Henry in their own tier in in tier five, which which is fine, and then start the following tier with Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Gurley. How how good do you feel, Ryan, about starting to include those other names, some of those that I mentioned, along with these three who feel a lot safer? Well, I definitely feel good about Montgomery and Hunt because I prefer, and Drake, uh, because I prefer all of those to Gurley anyway. And uh, if we wanted to dig deeper into Singletary and Mack and carry on Johnson, those guys versus Gurley is, is kind of a flip of the coin as well. So, I mean, Gurley's a tough barometer right now because he still, I think he still has that name value, but unless you're just willing to sell selling low is not even the right term at this point. Uh, You might not be able to get a second rounder for him in some leagues, yet he's still in that mid-range RB2, both in rankings and ADP. His his trade value is just gone, though. Yeah, I I kind of feel like that for for all of these guys. Maybe with the exception of Eckler, like the rest of these guys feel like the ultimate holds. Like I don't think you're going to get value on Hunt. I don't think you're going to get value on Gordon and you're like you said you're certainly not going to get value on Gurley. You might find a Chicago Bears fan or something that's still, you know, really high on David Montgomery, but you know, I think his value, his trade value is is down a bit too. So, uh that that's an interesting point there, Ryan. So once we get beyond Gordon or Eckler, Gurley, Montgomery, and Hunt, 
is there going to be a tier break to tier seven or do we want to lump in all these other running backs, including Devin Singletary and Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, Philip Lindsay, uh, Justice Hill and Daryl Henderson. David Johnson is a guy we haven't mentioned. Uh, Rashad Penny, Alexander Madison. We start really digging down. How far are we willing to go here, Matt? For me, I think it end, wins with the backs that we have there now. Gordon Eckler, Gurley, Montgomery, Hunt. And I would, I, I mean, I personally, I, you guys seem a little bit lower on Mac than I do. But I would add Mac and Johnson here too. Johnson is a little bit of a question mark. You know, he hasn't been reliable for his team. And his team is one that wants to play defense and run the ball, right? So uh, that's a question mark. Maybe they draft somebody relatively high. But they have so many question marks throughout the rest of that team. They don't really have a true wide receiver three. Marvin Jones is getting old. The offensive line still needs work. The defense certainly still needs work so I have a hard time believing they're going to invest a super high pick in him but he hasn't been a picture of health ever and the team needs that needs that they're not going to go back to Bo Scarborough I don't think not back to Ty Johnson so it's it's he's a really tough one that's why I think he fits in this tier with these other guys that have these question question marks so for me I would I would end in this tier at carry on Johnson and, and Marlon Mack I think if you're going to give Marlon Mack to this tier, you have to put Devin Singletary in it as well. With considering his youth and his stranglehold on that on that job, at least throughout this offseason, it feels like he belongs at least on par with Marlon Mack. I agree. I would do Singletary and I would do Drake. Which I'm, I'm, I'm okay, okay with, with as well. Okay, so so we extended this tier just a little bit. We're in tier six again. It's Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Todd Gurley, and this is in no specific order. We're kind of just throwing them in there. Gurley's followed up by David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack, Devin Singletary, Kenyon Drake, and where'd we land on carry-on? I'm a no on carry-on. I'm a no on carry-on as well. So, Matt, you're out on that. How do we feel about starting the next one, the next tier, Ryan, with Carrion Johnson? Um, yeah, that's the next guy I have, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> that make that makes him RB twenty one, according to this, for the record. That's it. I mean, that what is he on DLF right now? He's like thirteen or fourteen. So I mean, we're certainly lower than the consensus, I think. But there's so many names and this next group that he feels like he's clearly above to me. I don't know. Uh, he's, I think he's clearly above David Johnson. I think he's clearly above Chris Carson and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, both. I mean, why, why, why is he above Chris Carson though? Why is he above Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> Age mostly for Bell uh, and Chris Carson. M- maybe it's just again, personal bias uh, uh, floating in there, but Penny, I mean, Penny looked good, right? He looked good when he was healthy. I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy again or ever going to get that starting nod over Chris Carson, but I think that's always a threat, though. They spent a first-round pick on him. I know Seattle is the team that it doesn't – draft capital certainly doesn't matter, especially the year three, uh, but I still think that's a threat to take some work from him. So uh, we, we're certainly in the tier where all of these guys are going to be in some kind of, of committee. So I, I guess from that standpoint, then then he's not clearly above him. But – I don't know, Carrion. I mean, he's a. I, th- I think in a lot of dynasty owners' minds, maybe not ours, he's still like a borderline running back one. I mean, that's what the ADP says right now, doesn't it, Ryan? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he's he's fallen a little bit in this uh, this February data that we just started, but yeah, he's he's still definitely in that mid range RB two area, which is that's higher than I am on him. Uh, I just look at carry on versus Carson and yeah, I mean, they both of course have had injury issues uh, as, as recent as this past season. Uh, and that's why they're both in this area rather than much higher. But Carson has produced when he's on the field, he's definitely in uh, what we would consider the better offense um, surrounded by, by uh, better weapons. So if they're both healthy, I think I'm still taking Carson there, which which actually goes against my ranking. So I said that last <laughs> week. This is this is why I love having these conversations. It makes me evaluate my own uh, rankings on these players. I love it too, Ryan, because it creates more work for you. Carry uh, on Johnson, Chris Carson. I think Le'Veon Bell and James Conner belong in this conversation. Beyond that, we start getting getting back into that Philip Lindsay maybe down to those backups like Daryl Henderson and Justice Hill. We haven't really placed David Johnson anywhere. Darius Geis and Richard Penny. Oh man, there's, 
this is a big group. Do we need a tear break somewhere in there? Do we feel better about Johnson, Carson, Bell, and Connor than we do about some of those other names? If there's one that feels like it belongs in this conversation to me, or at least in this group, it's probably Philip. I, I was going to say Philip Lindsay there, and, and I I don't know. I I I don't feel good about James Connor. I think that the Steelers really are one that could invest highly in a running back. They have all the pieces there except really the running back, and Connor has been productive when he's healthy, but he hasn't been reliable for them. So I could easily see them spending some draft capital on a running back, uh, and maybe not replacing Connor completely, but certainly taking some touches away from him. And if he get, you know if he gets hurt again, that might be it for him. So Connor Connor's value feels really flimsy for me at this point. And he's definitely below these guys. I might put him closer to a guy like Darius Geis or Rashad Penny, honestly, than than to the rest of these guys that we've mentioned so far. Yeah, I totally agree that the Steelers actually don't don't have very many picks, so it would be tough for them to invest that uh, a significant pick in a running back. They have no first rounder. I think they also are without a third rounder and maybe some later picks. But uh, Matt Williamson, my co-host on Dynasty Blueprint, who also covers the Steelers, he continues to uh, project them taking a running back as early as the second round. So he he agrees with uh, Matt, and if that's the case, Connor's value will will fall even further. Uh, I had him in this range. He's another one that I will definitely be going back and and adjusting because I'm with you. I'd I'd rather have Geist than him. I'd rather have. All of those sophomore backs that are backups, Madison Pollard, Damian Harris, he he really needs to fall down, in my rankings at least. Yeah, and and the more you guys talk about it, and while you're right that if if the Steelers do invest that pick in a running back, the the bottom will fall out of his value, and James Conner won't be a guy that you're trusting for anything, let alone being that RB2 we're kind of still hoping and and grasping for at this point in the offseason. That hasn't happened quite yet. Um, I'm okay bumping him down into the next tier, but as we do that, it feels like this tier has to be a massive one. We're going to get into all those guys that you mentioned, the Geis and the Penny, and and then we we got to start talking about other guys in timeshares. We haven't talked about Tevin Coleman or Tariq Cohen. Sony Michelle is a name that some dynasty owners are still holding on, holding out hope for. Tony Pollard and James White still has a role. There's Mark Ingram who hasn't been talked about. Another veteran named Devonta Freeman. Damian Harris is a young guy that didn't get much for an opportunity. All these guys they feel different than the Carryon Johnson, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Philip Lindsay tier that we talked about in week in tier seven is that I, your tier I, I think we need to back up a second dan because i don't see correct me if i'm wrong ryan but i do not see david johnson on your list at all so we got to figure out where he's where he's going to be to me he feels like i mean i know he does he's probably not gonna have a team right now but i think he is going to be picked up if he actually does get released by arizona they're gonna eat a big salary i think it's something like 18 million something like that uh, not don't quote me on that, but I think it's a huge number like that if they do end up cutting him. But he's going to play somewhere, I think, and I think he has to be uh, somewhere in your ranks, Ryan. Where, where where are you thinking on that? Well, I only ranked thirty eight running backs, so I didn't get to him. But um, <laughs> okay. he probably is in the conversation with a lot of those names Dan threw out as as far as the backups, the uh, potential starters that haven't really shown anything like. Uh, like Geis and Sony Michelle and uh, maybe even Tevin Coleman's in that group. Uh, but if we're talking, I, I don't know if you were suggesting going back and putting him with, with Lindsay and Bell and those guys, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I, Ryan, earlier you mentioned how, as we get farther into this, it's going to be more, dif- more and more difficult to come up with a consensus and, and looking across our rankings, uh, it, it seems like it's going to be almost impossible. We're already having trouble narrowing down the carry on Johnson through Philip <laughs> Lindsay tier. Once you get beyond that, there are so many other names that are not only uh, part of small or, or, or a small part of a timeshare, but also guys that, that didn't get any work and, you know, have a little bit of upside and, uh, veterans who are because of injury or, or lack of an opportunity because of a free agent, that may come in that their roles could change. There's just so many players to talk about that. It's going to be impossible to narrow this down. 
If we had to, however, the James Conner, David Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Justice Hill, Daryl Henderson, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Mark Ingram, Devonta Freeman, these are all names. Latavius Murray could be thrown into this. Carlos Hyde had a nice 2019. We didn't talk about the other 49ers running backs, Breda and Mostert. Chase Edmonds had his day in the sunshine, I guess, for at least one week before before Drake took over. Ronald Jones who knows maybe they don't add a running back again there's just there's so many names are we are we just gonna say tier eight is everybody else or do we need to create one more tier i'm pretty comfortable with everybody else being in tier eight starting with connor and david johnson tevin coleman some of the the veterans that we had already talked about and and as we've said and as many others have said the the rookie running backs are really going to wreck these rankings. We've got Swift and Dobbins and Taylor that are going to be at the top, uh, but it's deeper than that with with Akers and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and and so many others. And then even when you get into the second and third round of of rookie drafts, there there's going to be um, plenty of others to choose from. Guys like Keyshawn Vaughn and uh, players that could end up being backups, but still valued obviously valued in dynasty. Um, so nitpicking between Rashad Penny and Devonte Freeman probably doesn't have a ton of value right now. Yeah, I agree. I think we've, what we've, what we've come to learn right now and, and, and probably knew before this is that we have about 20 to 24 backs that we're comfortable with plugging in a lineup. And, and maybe the, 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 the deeper end of that, that 20 to 24, you know, we're not comfortable putting in every single week. So, about 20 or so that we are comfortable as a weekly starter right now. And after that, they all feel pretty similar. You know, some of them have higher week to week upside. Some of them have more consistency, but all of them have question marks on some level, whether it's whether they don't catch the ball, whether they're in a timeshare, whether they have injury concerns, you know, all of these guys have question marks that make you feel a little bit queasy about having to stick them in a lineup unless it's a bye week or injury fill situation. Matt, if it is 20 to 24, what, what Ryan said is the real big takeaway here is that, that list is going to shrink down massively as these rookies get incorporated into rankings and as we start drafting these guys. The guys that we're talking about at 15 through 24 are going to be the guys we're talking about at 25 through 33 in the in the coming weeks and months. So let's quickly recap where we landed. Our consensus tiers for running backs for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Tier 1, the elite guys, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. After that, in Tier 2, we had three, Elvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dalvin Cook. Tier 3 consisted of just two tailbacks, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Tier 4 went Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Aaron Jones. After that, in Tier 5, a small one, we made Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry the only Tier 5 running backs. Then a bigger group in Tier 6, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Todd Gurley, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack, Devin Singletary, and Kenyon Drake. Tier 7, we went with Kerryon Johnson, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, and Philip Lindsay. And then everybody else in Tier 8, guys like James Conner and David Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Justice Hill, Daryl Henderson, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Mark Ingram, Devonta Freeman, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, James White, or any other running back that you think has upside going into 2020. I think one of the major takeaways for me after this 45-ish minute conversation, fellas, is probably that if you own a running back in tier five, six, seven, eight, it's not a bad idea to be floating those guys in trade talks. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of trade talks, since we have a little bit of time here, uh, I'm really curious what you guys' opinion on it, of Cree Hunt is right now. You know, we have the chance that he's going to be back in Cleveland. We thought maybe there was a chance he would go somewhere else and maybe get a chance at a full-time starter role. He had this minor incident with the cops now that maybe makes that seem a little less likely. Like, what is what, what would you guys move him for right now, and what would you buy him for? I, I feel like I'm in, like, the – single early second round pick at a maximum that I would I would pay for him but I'd really more like to spend like a mid-second on him if I could if I'm buying I think I'm pivoting I, I like I'd rather pivot to some of the other guys we talked about around him maybe it's Devin Singletary or or, or Austin Eckler those type of players I, I I have a so much 
hesitancy when it comes to hunt and and I know it's a it's reportedly a minor incident and and all those things but because of that combined with his free agency and the unknown of, of he could sign somewhere and a month later they draft one of these elite running backs in this in this rookie class I, there's just too much too much risk for me I'm, there's I'm no way you're away. paying a late first though right like that's just not happening yeah no no, way. no chance zero no. first like 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 i said mid first is like i think I, my absolute maximum i would buy for what about you ryan the, the list of running backs that you're giving up a first round pick for is really small though yeah i think it probably stops at our what our tier well i Tier four would be the absolute really? most. We talked about Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs and and Aaron Jones, and even that tier is is risky depending on how high that first. See, I would pick go is. a little bit farther than that. Like Austin Eckler, I would buy for the one ten to one twelve right now, pretty easily. I'd rather have that rookie pick, I think, before the rookie the NFL draft. Yeah, as far as Hunt, definitely not a first rounder for sure. And uh, I mean, the more this situation kind of goes on uh, the longer it goes on it's hard to see it's hard for me to see him going anywhere but cleveland uh, we know at least the reports were um a little over a year ago when he signed with the browns that they were the only team that basically made him a real contract offer and i'm not sure i mean he was he he was impressive on the field certainly as a pass catcher uh, out of the backfield but now he's had this other issue basically as soon as the season ends i don't think teams are going to be lining up to to draft or to sign him especially when they can uh, draft one of these other guys with their third round pick or fourth round pick depending on how far they they want to go down the line so and and then you throw in his status as a restricted free agent and that the browns have have matching power on that. I feel like he's just going to be back in Cleveland. I would still like to buy him, uh, even if he goes back to the Browns or stays with the Browns, uh, but I'm not doing it for a first rounder or even an early second. Are we a hundred percent sure that he's even going back to the Browns though? Remember he was brought in by John Dorsey, who was part of that team in Kansas city that drafted him and, and Dorsey's not in Cleveland anymore. That's a, that's a whole new operation in in Brown's management. So I don't even know if the guy that was banging on the table to bring in Kareem Hunt, the only guy in the league that was banging on the table, it he doesn't exist anymore. Do the Browns even want him back? There haven't been reports about that. No, not that I've seen. And, and Dorsey has been the guy who's been willing to uh, take a chance on, on players with character issues or off-field issues, uh, both in, in Kansas City and, and with Cleveland. So... No, we don't know. It's just a wait and see, and and there's there's way too many questions. Maybe we need to go back and move Kareem Hunt down our rankings. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. The more I talk about it, the more I think I'm, I'm pretty not sure buying. I had a minute here below you guys. I just want to wanted to throw that out there. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> Seems like a weird thing to take a victory lap on. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end this week's episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We talked about the running back tiers. We're going to flip over to the pass catchers next week, talk a little bit of wide receivers, try to come with come up with some kind of consensus. There's even more receivers to talk about than running backs. You guys, keep in mind, if you want to play against Ryan, Matt, and myself, we have a few openings in that listener league, so go to safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans. Pick up one of those orphan dynasty teams now and use the code dynasty. You'll get something, and you get your shot to get drawn to play against us. Also, keep in mind our friends over at dynastyowner.com for Ryan, Matt, and myself, Dan. This has been the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.